This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 16, Creating Friendships. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. Family life has many challenges, especially when a child suffers from mental illness. I understand these challenges, and I can teach you through stories and the Word of God how to navigate this challenging road. Hi, folks. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today. Of course, I'm always excited to talk to you. Um, but I am happy to announce that I am ready for the Stop Overeating Workshop that I'm going to be conducting over the next few months. And I'm excited about it. I love the creation process of this and how it's going to be so useful for so many people. I talked quite a bit about it. Well, that's what my whole podcast is about last episode, which was episode 15. And I talk all about it, um, its content, why I'm creating it. And so if you're um, at all interested in you know, listening back on that, if you hadn't heard it yet, I really encourage you to go listen to that. But what's going to be even more useful is for to have you come set an appointment to meet with me and it's totally free. Like we'll meet together, a free session, a free call, and we'll just talk through the next few months of what that might look like to do a stop overeating um, workshop with me. And and I love that what I can offer is, first of all, I am a, I'm an advanced coach. I've gone through advanced coach training and so I have that, but I also am a health coach and coupled, this is just going to be amazing. I can, I can, um, address so many health issues and help you find out, you know, what can be done about that, but also then all of the mindset around it. So come check out my website, carriestoker.com. And on there, you can set an appointment to have this free like session with me where we can just go through it. And I'm also going to like at that session, I'm going to give you tools right then and there that you can utilize. And it just might be the perfect thing for you. Have that, um, that free session and you may not need anything after that. I know some people, they just take that and that free session, like, man, I've got these tools. Plus I've got the podcast that she did, you know, the week before, and there's some great content and all of that. So take a look at it, take a look at the website and set an appointment with me and let's do some, just some free coaching and some free looking at, um, whether or not this would be a good fit for you. All right. So today we're going to talk about creating friendships and I have been studying from the church's self-reliance courses. They have one called emotional resilience. And I know many of you have probably listened or you've taken that, like you sat in on those lessons, but I really dove into lesson number eight in the emotional resilience about building healthy relationships. I love this lesson, but what I love is that this time when I really like dove into studying it, I discovered some some interesting things. All right. So during this podcast, I'm going to give you five strategies on how to create 
friendships. And they come in large part through this emotional resilience lesson, but also just through my own experience of, yes, these are things that really help create healthy, loving relationships. And we have to address the very first like question of why healthy relationships. The lesson actually teaches this. Talks about how healthy relationships are vital to our physical, mental, and emotional health. So just like stop right there, notice that it says physical health. I learned that in my health coaching certification is how important loving relationships are in maintaining or regaining your physical health. And just that alone is um, is so powerful for people to find that connection. Like, man, I'm going to be like physically healthier <laughs> if I really work on these relationships around me. Yeah, you will be. Now, in the beginning of the lesson for the emotion re- emotional resilience class, it starts with communication and it starts with communication through prayer. Interesting start to it, right? So... What I liked here is that there's this discussion about prayer and why, and and about listening during prayer and why that's such an essential part of prayer. And I think we all, you know, on some level have attempted to be better listeners during prayer. I know that I often slip into patterns of not listening very well, <laughs> and I, I speak as though no one really is there. I'm just talking, 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 talking. And uh, this, so this was just a really great reminder for me and to step back and look at it because in the middle of this section on prayer is it has these steps for listening. Now, listen to these. I'm going to read them to you. Listen to them because it sounds like these steps are for human beings talking to each other face to face and not for prayer when you are kind of just imagining maybe God the Father being there. So listen to this. Step number one, concentrate. Focus on the speaker's words and body language. That's the first bullet point. So just that one right there, like, you know, during prayer to concentrate and focus on the speaker's words and body language, I'm supposed to be trying to listen. I find this really fascinating because um, if I were to try this, if I were to imagine speaking to God and just noticing, you know, as God is speaking to me, the body language the words, just really focusing in, that could really have an impact on my ability to really receive the guidance. And going on, like with step number one on this concentrate, it also says, don't interrupt. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, heavens, if I could just give um, God enough space to speak to me instead of me interrupting and going on with my things. So another really interesting point. And then also don't look at or use your phone. These are such good listening skills for when you're just talking to another human being. But it's placed in this section on prayer. All right, step number two, appreciate. Look at the speaker. Hmm, We're talking about prayer, right? We're also talking about talking to humans and listening to humans. So look at the speaker. Use small words like yes or okay. Thank the speaker. Do you get the sense of this 
communication of this listening is really active listening while you are praying. Step number three, review. Say, so you are saying, and then you repeat what you heard. Step number four, ask. Ask, did I understand? And then you listen and wait for an answer. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this interesting? To take these steps for listening and then you and then you apply this to having the Holy Ghost speak to you during this time of prayer, imagining God being there. I really liked this. I really liked the opportunity to look at it that way. So we're talking about communication with human beings and creating friendships. And let's start that by practicing our communication with God through prayer and using our listening skills there. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that more just to be more of a listener and using human being listening skills while I pray to God the Father. But then also moving forward and doing that with all the humans that we're speaking with and communicating with is those skills of listening. All right, the second strategy I want to talk about is to have a genuine interest in other people's lives and what they are interested in. Not a feigned interest, not a, um, I know I'm trying to get to know someone and so they're telling me about something and it seems kind of boring and so I'm going to try to listen. Nothing, nothing feigned, but really to develop the capacity to have a genuine interest in other people and what they're doing. And so when you're trying to create a friendship, to be able to ask the questions, to find out details about something they're interested in, and and to have this as kind of a foundational, you know, conversations with some people that you want to have a closer relationship with. This could be a spouse. This could be a child. Find out what they're really interested in, in even if you are not. So when I was um, teaching the Laurel class, or what we used to call the Laurel class, it's the 15 through 18-year-old girls or young women. And there was one of the Laurels who, who showed up for most of the Sunday meetings and classes, or you know, on the weekday activities and stuff. Um, but it was a little bit aloof to, I don't know, I guess being really engaged in the Laurel class and and with her peers. But I and so I wanted to take on this um this it was challenging for me take on this challenge of really getting to know her and opening up lines of communication with her so that we could develop a friendship. And I remember hearing that she was snowboarding one weekend. I thought, "Oh, I could ask her about snowboarding." I don't snowboard. I mean, I skied once in my life. I took a lesson. It was fun. But I just have never gone back to this love of being in the snow and up on the slopes or anything. And so I don't really know anything about snowboarding. I just knew that it was a thing. And it wasn't a thing when I was in high school. But but she was interested in it. And I had heard that she goes quite a bit. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to talk to her about the snowboarding. So I started asking her about her her snowboarding and, you know, tell me about it. And I bet that's pretty tough actually, 
snowboarding and, and learning how to do it? And do you fall a lot? And what, tell me about the board you use. And I don't know, I just asked her questions. I just tried to come up with some questions about it. And and she was delightful to talk to. She had, um, she was excited about, you know, talking about it and about her experience and everything. And and after that, it's something that I could always go to. And I asked her about it often and she never seemed to tire of my questions or our conversations about it. And they were usually kind of short, but it was something that I could, that I could talk to her about. And so really like my interest in finding out more about her and being able to create a friendship with her came through something that I had no knowledge of, no interest in. I wasn't going to go snowboarding <laughs> after, even after we talked all those times about it, but it, it really developed a bond between us because I had something to talk about, but also because during those conversations, I learned more about her and just about who her friends were and her life and her personality. And so that, that served me so well. So this, having this, this uh, strategy number two, having a genuine interest in other people. So you're not um, focused on trying to find someone who has the same interests as you. It's just not necessary. And it's helpful, like you and them can go do certain things together or having a common interest really does um, facilitate a great friendship. But to develop this skill is what I encourage so that you can have this interest or that you can have this bond with people because you genuinely want to find out about them. And then this is not about finding someone who is interested in you. Okay. Strategy number three, that is to smile and they can really change your, um, they can change the the dynamic between you and another person. They can spark something. This happened to me when I was in high school. My family moved to Las Vegas. And our first Sunday there, we went into a church, our ward, where we were staying. We were staying at a hotel for about, I don't know, about a month while we found a house to rent and, and the house needed to be cleaned up and stuff. And so we went to... We went to our ward and that Sunday, I remember, um, I remember sitting in a class and glancing over at a gal across the room. She looked at me and she smiled like, ah, what a, what a sweetie, you know? Um, I really appreciated the smile. I, it just felt so good to have someone smile at me. And then every once in a while, uh, we'd go, we went from Sunday school into, uh, the probably the Laurel class and and again, I'd look. I just glance over at her and she'd look at me and she would smile. <laughs> it just felt so good. I I felt like I had a friend. I felt like I can go back to this ward for the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to have a friend because she smiled at me. <laughs> and you know, we never really developed any kind of lasting friendship. We moved out of the ward into the house that we were renting. Um, but my experience with her is to feel a connection and a bond almost immediately, simply because she smiled at me. So that's, I, I include this as one of my strategies because sometimes 
we don't think of that. We, we don't think of how a smile offered can, can open up a place in others' hearts and in our own to develop a friendship and to develop a bond. And so if you're the type that smiles all the time, this is going to be easy for you. But if you're not, consider this to be a little more intentional about smiling. All right, my fourth strategy. This one is something that I've learned in this emotional resilience class, and that is switching what we'd call you messages or you sentences to I sentences. I want to give you an example. So often um, if we are feeling irritated or we're feeling um, unheard or we're just something really uncomfortable, annoyed, whatever it is, if we're feeling something, our mind will often go to this place of someone else is creating this annoyance. Someone else is, oh, it's because they are so difficult. And so we can, in heading into like a conversation or even this mindset, you're interacting with this person and you're annoyed and irritated with them. You're like, man, you you never listen to me very well. Or, or a sentence might be something like, you never pay attention to me when I'm trying to explain something that's going on in the household, like our schedule. You drift off and you look at your phone and you interrupt me, whatever it is, you never pay attention to me. So notice that that sentence starts with you. And it was you never, which, you know, using the word never is problematic, of course, because that's not true. Nothing is never. So we, so taking a sentence like that and saying you never switch it so that you're saying I, you're starting your message in your head, you're starting your conversation with like I, and you can say I feel. Now, when you say I feel, this does a couple of things. One is it directs the attention to you and you don't become accusatory or blaming or giving the um, responsibility of your feelings over to somebody else, but you're saying, I feel, and, and it also, when you say, I feel, you're also focusing in on how you are feeling. This is so important because when you recognize how you're feeling, then Uh, This opens up this avenue of like, wow, why am I feeling that way? Huh? I wonder what I'm thinking. And you can bring in a lot of awareness about, about what's going on with you. And you can take responsibility for it. Just bringing it to an I sentence, super helpful and useful. Okay. So that's strategy number four. Now, strategy number five, seeing the other person as important. I think we often as humans just sort of give a judgment about like who on the scale of importance, like who is more important. Maybe it's because they have a certain calling, a certain status, a certain, um, oh, I don't know, they're articulate or whatever it is. We, we kind of place a certain level of importance on people for whatever reason, their age, you know, it could be a number of things. What I'd like to do is just imagine that they are royalty, or imagine that um, I like to I like to kind of imagine that someone like their their parents were prophets or something. You know what what is that like? Like they have 
they ha- I like to assign them a place of importance um, and think about them that way because it really does impact my communication with them. And, and then I can do like all these other strategies just seem to fall into place when I give them that importance, like I give them that focus. I like this one, the strategy, and it's one of the ones that are in the emotional resilience class because instead of trying to establish yourself as valuable and important, you are listening for evidence that they are and the focus goes off of you. I just I just love this. Whenever we can we can take that focus away from me and what's going on with me and we can give it to them. It allows them to really blossom, especially if we're looking for evidence that they're important. Added to this is that I also like to imagine that they are really smart. And if you think about it, everybody is. Everybody has the things that they are really smart about because of their experiences, because of um, the way they have thought through and processed some things. Like everybody has something that they're really smart at. Now, uh, there are some people that are just really smart <laughs> academically. And um, although I may, I, I'll never be put on that list. I do like to think of people as being smart. And so when they're talking, um, I find evidence for it. And it has become just so much easier to do now as I've practiced it. It just really becomes, it is part of my thought process. When I'm talking to people, I'm like, I know they have something to say. I know they have something that is going to be of value to me. And so when I think of people as being smart, then my comments kind of reflect that. Who doesn't want to feel smart, right? And um, if that's what you're thinking, and that's what you're broadcasting out to people, that they are important, that they're smart, then that's going to be uh, uh, really desirable (laughs) in a friendship. So these five strategies. First one is to listen. Second one, have genuine interest in people. Third one is to smile. Fourth one is switching you sentences to I sentences. And then my fifth one is focusing on them being important. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, I would love it, love it, love it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast. And then if you would leave a review for me, that would I would love that. If you give me a five-star review, that would be amazing because that helps people find me better when I have um, the reviews and the, and the five-star reviews. So thank you. And we will talk next week. 